1: Alrighty, well, I'm I'm honored. This is one of you're probably, well, I know for a fact you're the youngest guest I've had and all that. But that just tells me, and that tells all my audience and all my listeners and all that that you must be important and all that. Daniel Gorner, who's also the the host of the Thought Hustle podcast, brother. So how's it going? That that that
2: was that pretty much sums it up for you, right? That does. Yeah. Like you said, I'm really young. So I haven't done as many impressive things as Omar. I had the pleasure of bringing him onto my podcast, actually. That's where we initially met. And he was kind enough to say, hey, do you want to come onto my podcast? And I said, yeah, sure. I'd love to. So that was a perfect introduction. Yep. I'm Daniel Gurner. It's German. So everyone pronounces it Gorner, But it should be Garner, but that's all right. I remember when I used to play baseball, they would call my name as I came up to bat and they'd say Daniel Garner. And hey, you know, that's pretty much just about spot on.
1: It's yeah, OK. We're going to Louisiana for college and all that. They Cajunized every name and you know, it, well, Medrano in Spanish, but it's Medrano for the Cajun. So in Louisiana, I became Omar Medrano. So. Sometimes and, you
2: just have to roll with it. Right? Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, I, I, I went almost a full year at LSU. They had a, a typo on my my paperwork and my schoolwork, and my last name was spelled M E D R A N D. And, you know, I, it, it's not like this now because, you know, administration and all that, they're amazing. But yeah, I had to go fight for like almost a full year. And then the last lady's like, Are you sure that? You, this is the wrong way to spell your last name. And
2: I was like looking at her, like, you had to fight her for your own name.
1: Yeah. for my. So just think if I didn't go through all that, I would have had to legally change my name because my last name wouldn't match my.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone's and like, diploma. this guy is fraudulent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you, you told me that you graduated cop Dude, you you look like Ralph Manchow, man. You're going to, that's, that's <laughs> good because I, I thought for sure you're like 18, 19, you know, studying entrepreneur and all that.
2: Yeah. So I'm actually 22. So around 18, 19, that's when I really came into it. But I graduated last year in the middle of a pandemic and I was able to land a remote job. So that's currently what I'm doing. And along that same... Around that same time, I kind of started the podcast as well. Um, do you want to hear a little bit about my background?
1: Of course. Of course. That's what we're here for. But but before, what was your degree in? Is, is it an entrepreneurship? Is it in it's, journalism?
2: It's in business management with a concentration in management information system. So business all the way.
1: That, that's wordy, man. Congratulations. I, that means the big bucks. Don't worry. I, my, I've got two uh, BAs and. Broadcast journalism and um, germ- and uh, history with a oh, wow. stand of yeah of modern Japan. You know what that equals to? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> that and two dollars and fifty cents will get me a copy of the USA Today. But you know, <laughs> a- 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 academia at, at, at its finest and all that. So overall, <sighs> I mean, I gotta say, our our conversation on your podcast. It blew me away because you were asking me questions of like somebody that was in their 30s, 40s. When did you start the personal development and business development? Um, now, are your parents heavily involved in that? And like, the Anthony Robbins and the Zig
2: Zags? Not at all. No, they're not huge fans of everything. I've slowly broken them into it and they're, you know, more on board with that. But so, um, yeah, I'm 22 now. I started when I was. <sighs> Probably 18, I kind of started to get into podcasts and books and reading that sort of thing, but it didn't really start to click until I was 19. And I was severely depressed in college. I would drive um, to school every day, and I'm a Christian, and every day I would pray. uh, I I would pray that I would get t boned and just killed. I I was not happy. I was in a really really dark place, and I wasn't in a place emotionally or mentally to ask for help, which which is ultimately why I do what I do today, because I know there are other people out there who struggle with this. And so around that same time, I would study at Barnes and Noble. And you know, I just have this mindset where I, you know, every day I'm praying, I pray that I would die, which is incredibly unhealthy, as anyone listening would know. And it's a dangerous place to be. And I was really into coding. So I'm in the coding section of Barnes and Noble. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I was trying to get into hacking because one of my classes, they were teaching me that. And I saw a book by Tony Robbins and it was called Awaken the Giant Within. And I had no idea who that was. The only book on personal development I'd read was uh, Jocko Willings, Extreme Ownership. And I really enjoyed that one. But so I pick up this book, I take it over to where I'm sitting. And I don't know why, but I read the back cover and I was like, ah, I don't need this. And I just put it back on the shelf where I found it. And then the next day I, I kind of came crawling back and I read the first chapter. And then I was just so into it. And then every single day, I would read that book. And it started to change me. I started to change my mindset. Instead of you know just wishing that I would die every day, I would just start to give thanks for the things that I had. I mean, I was incredibly blessed. Um, I was interviewing Brendan Kumasari the other day. And he was saying, if you were born in the US or Canada, that's where he was born. You got a $10 million lottery ticket right there. And that's what I started to say to myself. I said, How blessed I am I that I have food on my table. I have I have water that I can drink. I have clothing. I can drive a car to school, even though it was falling apart. I had a car to get me to school, and I was I was able to go to school. What a blessing that was. And I started to give thanks. I started to change my mindset. And so I took a lot of time reading that book, six months. I took incredibly detailed notes. I still go through, and that kind of Changed the way that I thought. It kind of changed. It took me out of that really dark place where, you know, I just wanted my life to end. And, um, so from there, I made a commitment. I always wanted to build a business. I want... always wanted to do something with my life. Um, so from there, I made a commitment to myself that I would take two years just working on myself. And so that's what I did. I read a book every single week. I would go to the gym every single day, six days a week. Um, I would listen to podcasts. I just, I just became a walking, talking podcast pretty much. Even when I was working out, I had a podcast going and everything started to change for me when I started to do that. And then I promised myself after two years, that's when I would let myself start to work on a business, start to work on something that would impact other people's lives. And that's kind of my background, bringing it back today. That's, that's what got me to this point now. Like what the big man would
1: say, and I don't mean Jesus or God, but Anthony Robbins would say everything happens for a reason. And you're you're gonna laugh. Uh, Anthony Robbins is how I started my journey hmm. in personal development. It was all um taking the unleash of power within uh the seminar that you walk on fire. It's a four day seminar and it changed my life before I, I never believed in personal development. My, my mom till this day came even say Anthony Robbins to her. It's Anthony Roberts. And, you know, it, it, it did. I, I grew up with a lot of anger, a lot of resentment, a lot of playing the victim and yeah. my life changed when I started asking better questions. And mm-hmm. believe it or not, when I did that, Anthony Robbins seminar, it was I thought it wasn't for me. I thought it was for my my business partner, my ex-wife at the time, because she knew who Anthony Robbins was. She had those books. Yeah. And uh, a guy came into... I was uh, working for Edward Jones Investments as a financial advisor. And it was a sales rep, one of his coaches. And he's like, buy one, get one free. If you take this class, if you take the seminar, it'll help you in your business I guarantee you 30, 40, 50% returns on your sales. And I'm like, that's fine. And I, I remember telling Millie, my ex wife, with well, my wife at the time, I'm like, so what's going to happen? Is he going to make me cry? Like, and, and it was funny. She was late because she was working for um, Abbott Labs as a pharmaceutical sales rep. So she was late by like a couple hours. But here I am, like just bawling within like the first half hour being open and being vulnerable and like talking to strangers and all that. And it's funny because you either, if you believe in personal development, you you know that Anthony Robbins, the Zig Ziglars, the Jim Rohns, you know that this actually works. And they'll tell you, we don't do the work. You do the work. But while other people, the masses will be like... They'll say this podcast is bullshit. They'll say your podcast is bullshit. They say you go to any of those marketing seminars, any of those personal development seminars, they make money. You don't come out ahead. But the thing is, is if you're immersed yourself with like-minded people, you get in those rooms, man. It's magic. Your life changes in an instant. Now, it's like that same, like what Jim Rohn said, the five people you hang out with. If you and I had decided to hang out with with drug addicts, before you know it, we're gonna become drug addicts. Or if we hang out with people that don't work out, but they, they love eating, before you know it, a couple of months, you and I are gonna look like we're at, at the pie eating contest oh, yeah. or, or we're gonna be at with um you know the we're gonna be the biggest loser. <laughs> yeah, or, or Joey Chestnuts on, on July fourth, just hog you know, woofing down Nathan's hot dogs. But but yeah, I, I applaud you completely because yeah, I remember. Growing up and all that, and, and telling my mom, Hey, I'm depressed, and all that. And to this day, my mom doesn't I've told you before in your podcast, she'll never read my book, she'll never listen to a podcast, and that's fine. And people ask right. me, I'm not looking for the cyber hugs, but I remember, Hey, I, I'm down. Do you want me to tell you what down is? And she would give me her life story and all that. Right. It's like, Yeah, okay, okay, okay. And it wasn't until I did that. And it wasn't until I picked up the books, the personal development books. And you know what you and I, you have, you have a choice, dude. At at your age, you could have been just like listening to the series XM. You, you, you you could have been watching the YouTube videos of of two dudes kicking each other in the nuts. You you could have been immersed in the crate challenge and the water challenge and all that other bullshit and then hating life and playing victim Mm -hmm. because believe it or not, I'm, and I'm not going to be biased. Like my my generation, Generation X, the boomers, or when you, you guys like, hey, boomer, said that we were horrible and all that. But yeah, we're supporting them now. But our generation, it was like, it is what it is. Just suck it up. And a lot of times, you you are the outlier because a lot of young people, and I've spent 20 years hiring young people, it's easier to play victim especially nowadays, it's easier to say, well, mom and dad said I should be CEO or mom and dad said, you know, all this, I hate capitalism. It's, it's, it's like that. Have you seen that meme? The, the girl's like on an Apple pro iMac smash capitalism. And she has the Apple, she's wearing the doc Martins. She's drinking like the Frappuccino and all that. It's like, honey, get yeah. it and and here i'll I'll give you another funny before the world closed down with the pandemic i'm in lake tahoe heavenly owned by Vail resorts biggest ripoff but you have to have money and i saw this teenager wearing a hoodie that says that said eat the rich and it's like honey you're only here because your parents are wealthy we we and the younger generation want to say, we hate success. Yeah. We hate money. We hate capitalism. But if you want to help somebody, a billionaire can help out a lot more people than if if I'm making $40,000 and I've got $100,000 in student debt. Who mm-hmm. the hell am I going to help?
2: Yeah. And that's exactly what we we're talking about on my show. I mean, you can make such a so much of a bigger impact when you when you're able to you know donate a million dollars as opposed to a thousand dollars it's it's the impact that you make it's not that one matter well yeah it's not that giving more makes you a better person but it's just you can make a better better impact which has huge ramifications for everything in your life
1: <laughs> well it's crazy because don't you see like this Before, it wasn't as bad, this fear of success. But now we have this thing that let's shun successful people. Let's hate the Howard Schultzes. Let's hate the Warren Buffets. They clearly are wealthy because they hurt somebody. And it's like, we prefer to be like just going on social media and bitching and, and, and griping about X, Y, Z, this politician, that politician, man, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm 48 and I, I lived half my life with a Democrat president and a Republican president and your life's going to suck or it's going to be amazing based on your choices, not based on
2: who's in the Oval Office. Yeah, so often that's that's what I find myself thinking today. You see all these things in the news, like Biden's doing this, or Trump might come back to presidency. But how much of an impact does it really have throughout your life? How how often does that four year term really impact your life? You're just I'll, getting I'll sucked you. into this.
1: It, it will. It affects your life if you're a lobbyist. <laughs> if you're you're working for a cabinet position. Or you want to be an ambassador. If you want to be an ambassador to one of these countries, you're appointed by the president. Yeah. Everybody else, it has 0.0, 0 effect. May, mainly, believe it or not, these days, it's a figurehead. Mm-hmm. The, the yeah. President Joe Biden, Pre- President Obama, President, we we live and die. They They usually, it's based on the economy. Bill Clinton, it was an amazing thing. But he didn't call. It wasn't his. He, I mean, we we give him. We're like, okay, you. The the economy was a on a boom. The 98, and all that. No, it's just all random, man. It's everything. The inflation or the price of gas or this and that. Lehman Brothers, that that mess when you were young in two thousand and eight, that your parents were probably like all stressed out. That had nothing to do with the W. It's yeah. just. They take the they, they accept the the compliments When things are going bad And then they they die by the sword Based on the economy or whatnot But overall, nobody's life Changes whether it's You're a Republican Or you're a Democrat It's, it's just all white noise, man um, at, at your age, I was sucked into it I'm like, oh my gosh, Al Gore needs to win And what happens in this and that it Wouldn't have mattered if Al Gore was president it Wouldn't have yeah. mattered if Hillary Clinton was president, it wouldn't it matter if if Donald Trump won re-election. People just people instead of focusing on what they need to do in their own lives, they, they, they use other other stuff. Man, it's it's like a lot of people play fantasy football and they watch three games yesterday. Then they need to watch tonight because maybe their kicker or their running back might push them over the top you have all this time invested because you have to invest in the draft and who you draft and all that. And it's like, come on, man. If, you, if they put that much time, energy, a lot of people will spend an hour in line or a half hour to get their Starbucks, but they won't even spend a half hour a month on their dreams, on their goals. Yeah. And it's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, it's sad. And a lot of times people, they're just gonna give up as soon as it starts. They're gonna realize it's not easy. You actually have to work to do anything. And I, I see this so often. People say that they can't get wealthy because they don't have a head start or anything. But if you read The Millionaire Next Door, 80% of millionaires, it's not generational wealth. They they came from, you know, a normal beginning, and they built their wealth on their own by themselves. So it's not an excuse, just like you're saying, it doesn't make any sense to say that, you know, I don't have the time or whatever. That's my least favorite saying that people have, because what do you do when you get home at five or six or seven at night? You you order in and you watch Netflix or whatever, play video games all night. <laughs> you know, what's crazy is
1: the biggest lie people tell themselves is I don't have enough time. Well, yeah. we're both Christians. So God, Jesus, the world leaders gave everybody three and a half months of all the time in the world to write a book, to lose weight, to become a better spouse, yep. to learn how to do a side hustle, to learn how to code, to learn something different. And you know what they spent their time on? They're like, oh, wow, that Joe Exotic and entire King. He was yeah. so crazy. See, I watched that show. Until you oh, hear, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, so what you're telling me is that's that's the excuse because that was a gift. Everybody got to do whatever it, it is, and they spent it watching. Every show Oz, Ozark season three came out. Thank thank heavens, you know. <laughs> during that time, but they they all said that they needed that extra time to write a book to do to to lose weight to do this and that. It's 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 just a cop out because we always try to find not you and I but people try to find an excuse on why. Okay, my business went out of business. They'll say because of Corona. No, it didn't. Yeah. It just amplified uh, amplified things. You just had a money problem and just this sped up the process. People during the pandemic got married. They had kids. They excelled. There's stories on companies just blowing up overnight. It's just what you focus on. For the companies, for the people that were like, well, hey, threw threw up their hands and like, okay, well, we'll watch Netflix for three and a half months while we post, ha ha, March birthdays, ha ha, April, my my birthday sucks. I I had to read that post so many times for like three months that their their birthday was ruined. And yeah, I can understand if they're 21, 22, 23 like you, but these are grown ass adults.
2: I know. Yeah. Are you
1: going to Chuck E. Cheese? <laughs> it's, a, it's just another day. I mean, I've had to work on my birthday. I've, I've had things come up that we literally, I literally forgot it was my day. Because at the end of the day, when you're a grown-ass adult, you know, there, there's just be grateful. To me, I tell people, because once in a while on social media, I'll be like, today's my birthday. What I mean is God gave me another day. Yeah. I woke up. I woke up blessed. He gave me sound mind, sound body. My children are healthy. My two daughters are healthy. He gave me an opportunity. I was born again today. That doesn't mean my my physical, my actual birthday is July 24th. But if God gives me tomorrow, then I'm born again.
2: Yeah. Yeah, and, and make every day a celebration. It doesn't just have to be your birthday. And you know, you know what I hear all the time. People say that they just don't know what they want to do. And you know, since we started with Tony as kind of the core of the conversation, I'm going to bring it back. He always says that it's not that you don't have the resources; it's you're not resourceful enough. You don't like, ask better questions. Yeah, you exactly. Ask better questions. Uh, last year, same time, uh, I
1: was with a friend. And my friend's son, and we went fishing and the the kids looking out at all these mansions and all these high rises and saying, how lucky. And I'm like, no, they're not lucky. They just asked better questions. They expanded their vision. They expanded their imagination. They said, because that's the biggest cop-out. Most millionaires, most wealth wasn't donated by Daddy Warbucks and Uncle Joe Bob that died. It's like they asked better questions. They said, what problem can I solve? And it wasn't, well, I followed my passion. No, they're good at something and they doubled down. They tripled down on what they're good at. And now they're they're living there. So I whenever somebody says luck, you know luck is created by when you're prepared and when you constantly and you consistently take action and massive action every day on a consistent basis, even on days that you're like, hey, I'm not I'm not doing it. Because you know what? If you do one day, if you quit on one day, that one day becomes
2: two days and yeah. it becomes a pattern. Yeah, it's exactly what. Uh, James Clear, or I believe it's James Clear, writes about in Atomic Habits. You know, it's all compounds. So if you Keep quitting. It's going to compound. If you keep doing it, that's going to compound as well. And the excuse you don't know what you want to do. How many things have you tried? A lot of times people will try one thing and they're like, Hey, I'm not good at that. Well, if you're not good at that, then find what are you good at? And then double down, triple down on that. And that's when you're going to start to see success. That's when you're going to start to have things. And that is the young person's favorite mantra because I talk to people my age all the time and they all want to be rich. They all want to be wealthy. And what they're always saying is, well, I don't know what to do. Well, what are you doing to figure out what you want to do? Do what you're good at what are you even doing and they they're watching Netflix do some research on a market do some research on something that you're interested in you like business you like painting look at people who are successful painters what are you even doing to get yourself to a point of success it's just yeah it's ridiculous
1: exactly and speaking of, of Netflix invest in Netflix yeah. and, and you know what read Hastings created Netflix because he wanted to answer a problem. He wanted to solve a problem. He was pissed off because I think he had to pay like 20 something dollars in late fees for <laughs> one movie and blockbuster. And he created that. Now, yeah. now you know, the average person would be like, oh, pay the fines and would have been like, well, you know, it's a blockbuster Friday. It's a blockbuster Saturday. And, and the, the biggest cop out too is I need to stay in my field. Yeah. Uh, should I, if should I have been a history professor, or should I have worked at a museum, or should I have worked minimum wage for many years in some small market, Paducah, Kentucky, uh, Kansas somewhere? I can say Kansas because I don't have any listeners or followers in Kansas, <laughs> and, and just say, "Well, I've got a degree in journalism. Who cares?" Most people, believe it or not, most successful people do not follow. And what it's just a piece of paper. It just means yeah. that you're committed. To me, people hire somebody with a degree because it means they have commitment and mm-hmm. they can go through something.
2: They're well, not a winner. That's actually what my employer told me. They said, we don't really care about the degree. We don't really see that much value in it. But what we do see is that you can stick with something. You can stick with something exactly. for four years and we're going to hire you. And that's frustrating, but it's true. It's
1: the truth. Nobody will ever ask you for your transcripts. Nobody's going to be like Daniel, what did you get in um, that freshman biology yeah. course? Nobody's gonna be like. Well, what about philosophy? Uh, it, it's the biggest. It, it's the biggest myth. It's the biggest lie that academia sells yeah. you, and then they keep on telling you: you need more, you need more, you need more. And if you don't, you know, there's so many other ways of becoming somebody, becoming a person of value. You don't even need to go to college. I didn't realize that until I got my master's degree. Because g- growing up, they said. If you don't go to school, you're going to be living under a bridge. You're you're going to be homeless. It it was never like there's trade schools. You can be an AC. You can own your own AC company. You can be your own roofer. You can be this. You you can do this, 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 and that. It was like, it's a degree or nothing. And a lot of times, too, we still have this stigma. Well, I have a degree. So that must mean I I need to be making $100,000 off off the bat and then what happens though, is reality hits them right in the ass after after they yeah. graduate college and they're like well where's my hundred thousand dollar job
0: <laughs> yeah, wake <laughs> well, up.
1: a lot of times they're they're working at a place where the, the the person has not he does not have a degree and he's making more money and you're like yeah but but he didn't take ethics in college and and he didn't take business management and he didn't take macro and micro economics. Why is he making more money? I I went there.
2: Yeah, because you think that you know more. And I think a lot of people, they see degrees and they put them on a pedestal and they say that anyone with a degree, they they must be really smart. But they're not. I, I'm here to tell you I'm not smarter than any of you. I'm not smarter than anyone listening. Of course oh, not. But no. But that belief, that's what's going to limit you because you're, you're right. The people who make money, they're not the people who go to school and who are taught how to work for someone. They're the people who go out and they hire the people with the degree. Exactly. I, I
1: love whenever I see those memes because it gets people all bent and twisted yeah. with degrees. And I, I just smirked because I have to, I've got a master's, but I don't, I don't flaunt it. I could care less. Usually when a person asks you what your degree is in and all that, and what you do, it's because they want to know how much like quote unquote respect they should give you. In fact, give everybody the same amount of respect. Yeah. I don't care if you clean toilets or you're the CEO of Apple. If, if you're Tim Cook, I mean, treat everybody right. But yeah, to me, I never asked people that. I ask people, what is your dreams and what are, what are you doing in order to make them happen? Because I could care less about your past. I could care less if you went to college and, and what degree and all that. And people are like, well, 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 you're highly educated. And I say this, what happens is, and this has happened to me for many years, that once we graduate with that degree that we're like, well, I don't need to study anymore. I don't need to read anymore. And, I've I've learned more practical stuff reading books from Barnes and Noble and well Walden books. It was it's before your time, but it was the precursor Walden books. I learned more stuff out of the borders, out of that, out of Audible than I ever did. And history of modern Japan that I took, or you know, biology or the philosophy, and all these bogus classes. Now, college? Did college ever
2: ever teach you how to invest or or how to get a mortgage? Or, that, or that's what's crazy. I I learned more in college because during my last two years, that's when just when I started reading, listening to podcasts all the time, I learned more from that than I did in school at all. I wasn't really learning much that was. Very practical in college, and everything that I was learning from podcasts and books, it was applicable. I mean, I was able to grow—you know—my knowledge of money, finances, but mental and emotional health. Every area of my life started to get better. And in school, they're teaching me how to write a paper, where to put a comma, where to put a semicolon, and all of these things that won't really matter. None of the things that I applied to my job today.
1: Well, what's crazy is you know I my mom told me I need to go get my master's degree. I do that. And literally the only thing that they, they taught me was doc doctors. Cause that's who teaches when you get your master's degree, treat you like crap. Even if you have an MBA or whatever, there was a woman that had an MBA, which is more prestigious than a doctor in journalism. They'll, they'll treat you like crap. And it's like, dude, you've never made it in the real world. This is academia. But and they taught me how to do twenty page papers. Now never in the history after leaving college did any of my bosses and all that go, well, I need I need a bibliography page and I need citations and, and I need a perfect grammar and I need a twenty page paper yeah. type double space. Can you please hand that to me by Friday?
2: <laughs> yeah, and no one's ever gonna do that. I remember writing 20, 25 page papers for my classes, and my teacher would say, You need more information, but now it's get as concise as you possibly can. I want a one-page document, summarize it, put it in bullet points, whatever it takes. And it's just so unrealistic. Why why would my boss, why would my company want a 25-page document when I can summarize everything in one page? <laughs> Could you imagine?
1: If they they want you to do a presentation, yeah. it happens in in every major corporation, and you you whip out like a twenty five thirty page paper typed that would take God knows how long to read with citations and all that. It's like give me the summary, give me the cliff notes. Yeah, in the real world we want information now, we want it now. Should we do it? Why should we do it? Give it to me now. Yeah. No, exactly. I don't. You know, is it the right decision? We don't need a. a a half hour one hour presentation it, it's like could you imagine you're you're in the er and somebody's like <laughs> blue lining it flat lining it and you know they're like they have to go through procedure like a 50 page procedure on should we operate yeah. what should we do what what can be what what can it possibly be no because in the real world you need to make a decision it it's like when you're buying stocks and all that are you going to if you're in momentum investing, day trading, and all that, it's all about speed. It's all about timing. It's all about accuracy. A lot of things in life, it's a, it's about timing. You don't have, well, which should I do? It, 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 it's like in the in the real real world. I, I mean, perfect example is those heroes that brought down the plane in Pennsylvania and all that. Could you imagine if? they all sat around and like, well, you know, we'll see what the terrorists are going to do. And I don't know. In, In real world situations, you need to think fast. You need to decide, commit, take action. And that's the one thing that academia will never teach you. And then, if you want to go even further back, high school, middle school, junior high, they'll teach you how to square dance. They'll teach you the stupidest shit. But they won't even teach you how to balance a checkbook.
2: Exactly.
1: They'll, they'll make you carry around an egg and say, this is your kid. No, it's not. That, you know, when, when I got married and we had two babies, I didn't put a, an egg in my locker and say, well, this this is what it's like. Having-. I was going to
2: say, I bet you care for an egg pretty differently than you do a kid. <laughs> I would exactly. hope so.
1: Exactly. And everybody dropped the egg and would just grab a different one. And the teacher's like, oh, well, I, I have a super secret pattern or something like that some bullshit that you know you're already 18 years old you you already know <laughs> the teacher the, the, the teacher checked out yeah. 10 years ago they're not going to go through the extra you know the the motions of, of making sure nobody dropped an egg so yeah i i i mean the the one thing that i have to say is and that's what i applaud you is it's all about self learning yeah and and added, and you know if you want success you have to go for it mm-hmm. and you know it's it's a it, it's like that saying that a, a gazelle wakes up early in the morning saying I have to be faster faster than the lion and then the lion wakes up early morning saying I have to be faster than the slowest gazelle and, and it it's like that in the business world and and the one thing that I always taught my daughters when. I was an entrepreneur is, you know, when it comes to business, our competitors want you to eat cat food. <laughs> and it's not personal, like what people say, it's just business because they want to make sure that we go under so that you can eat cat food. And and they, they learn right off real quick that it's all about results. And, you know, you, you know that. Could you imagine telling your boss, well, I tried because that, that's the best thing. Now, I gave it my all. I gave it my yeah. best effort. Or this is a great one. Showing up is half the battle. That's the biggest mediocre. That means, hey, I'm here. I'm just going to show up. I, I'm, I'm already there. No, it's not, man. You, you, showing up is the least. Yeah. That, that's like you're breathing. You're there. OK, you're a body. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do to show your boss that you're a person of excellence, that you bring value, that you need that raise?
2: Yeah. And you know what's absolutely amazing, Omar, is... My sister's job, they started paying people for showing up to work on time. If that doesn't show you the mindset of today's culture, I don't know what will. She gets an extra $100 if she shows up to work on time uh, for 2 weeks in a row. So every 2 weeks, she gets that. And no one at her company is getting it except for her. I mean, she's she's a great worker. But that is what we're coming to today. And so often, I see people that I work with... and. Every job I've ever had, I've had people say, you're the best at what you do. It's absolutely amazing. And I would always say, all I'm doing is my job, what I was taught to do. And what blows my mind is that in today's day and age, just doing your job, doing everything that you can to do it to the best of your ability, which is, that's always been my mindset. Do everything that you can to the best of your ability and you'll succeed. And I I was always coming out on the top because no one else is even willing to put in the work to get the job done. It, it is such a shame. But what it means is that it's just so much easier for anyone else to go out there and to build a business to take something to be faster than the slowest gazelle, because there are so many slow gazelles out there. And it, it's sad. But if you can just show up, do your best and always strive for excellence, you will have success.
1: And it's... Daniel, what, what you're going to realize, too, is years from now is that it's not... People People always lie to themselves and they're... I'll start studying when I go to a real college or I'll start working when I get get paid real money or when I get a real job. That's the biggest lie. What you'll see is there's people in their 30s, 40s, 50s that, oh, it's, it's the weekend. I deserve it. I barely put in 40 hours. I just showed up. I did enough work not to get fired. But, hey, it's the weekend. Ha, ha recommendation, what shall I, what can I watch on Netflix or what wine bar can I go to? Or what, what bar would you recommend? Not, Hey, what book can I read that can further, that can push me towards something? Not what, what, what seminar can I take? It's bullshit like that. And then when Sunday night comes around or Monday morning, Oh, I'm having a bad case of the Mondays. I hate it. Oh, the weekend didn't last long enough. And it's like, so you're based in your life on two days, yeah. possibly three for for holiday weekends, extended weekends, in that yeah. one week or two week a year. Congratulations.
2: Yeah, and it, it really is. It's just so, so sad, the things that people expect. I feel like we've been bashing on Netflix a lot. I don't have anything wrong with Netflix. Oh, I no, really I, enjoy Netflix. I made Netflix. a lot of money. Yeah, I, I exactly. Before,
1: but yeah, it's a great company. Yeah. Great company. Reed Hastings is an innovator. He's a genius. And he, he knows that people have addictive personalities. And that's why, hey, are you still watching? Or, hey, you just finished watching a 10-hour series. Here's three more suggestions. Yeah, they know you. That's how they get paid. By growth and all that. He he, he answered a problem. And, you know, more power to him. It's not his fault. (laughs) It, It clearly isn't. Blaming Netflix is like blaming McDonald's for people for people being morbidly obese. Right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like blaming the spoon that you used to eat, right? <laughs> this am <laughs> <what I'm laughs> back because I have a spoon. <laughs>
1: exactly. I I I have no problems w- with with Reed Hastings. I have no problems in Netflix. Always an amazing innovative company that that blew out a company that that could have easily bought them uh, multiple times but Blockbuster Thought, thought, they were. A yeah, joke. they
2: wanted to pass. Yeah,
1: yeah. And it, what's funny is, so many years have passed. All the Hulu and all these, are, they're taking down Netflix. No, they're not. Netflix has always been a step of the head. And what, what that means is. Nobody took anybody down. It just means you need your Disney Plus, you need your Hulu, you need your Amazon Prime, you 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 need your ESG yeah. They have Plus. you just where they want you. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that really hurt was was was, was friggin' Direct TV because instead of paying three hundred dollars, yeah, online, exactly, you, you, you can literally pick and choose what you want to watch. So yeah, no, I I've I've got no no qualms, man. In, in fact, I. Shoot, it's a great company, and it's a company that all companies will eventually die. But I don't see it ever dying anytime soon, and all that. They're innovators, and it's a it's a company that literally just created a need that people didn't think they. It's like when when they they use the word freely innovator, and innovator was like friggin' Steve Jobs to create. But, But when you're a little kid. No, there was no need for, I, I can't recall people are saying, you know what, I've always wanted a, a, a phone that I could carry around and take pictures. And then I, I, I can look at, at Pornhub and I can cyber stalk yeah. my exes on, on other apps and all that. No, he created the, the demand. Nobody knew that. I mean, before that, you know, a, a Walkman everybody had a Walkman. Nobody was like, you know what? We really need an iP- iPad and an iPod and all that. All all these people are innovators because they created a need out of thin air. Just like Starbucks. When I was a little kid, coffee was coffee. You'd go to the gas station, go to Dunkin' Donuts, go to Joe Bob's or whatever for, for 69 cents. You You get a cup of coffee. There was never... Oh my gosh, this need to feel significance. That oh my gosh, hey look, I've got the unicorn flavor frappuccino and all that. That's that's incredible. That's how you become wealthy. Is you just create something that nobody felt like society didn't need. And and those guys, those guys are people to study. Those
2: those guys are people to applaud. They're, yeah, they're how are you going to make easier. someone's life easier? How are you going to put something into effect that just changes the world? I'm writing um the autobiography of Elon Musk right now and it's it's amazing. He he just decided, "Hey, you know what? I want to send rockets up to space. I want to build an electric car before anyone even thought it was feasible." And here he is spending his own money, hundreds of millions after he sold PayPal. And know, just, he just He 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 took all that money on PayPal and he went broke. He put yep. it all in Solar City and in, in Tesla. Tesla, SpaceX, yep, yeah, everything. And he just funded it. And now he's the world's wealthiest. Or he, I know he's like you know trading yeah, they, with Jeff Bezos every week,
1: yeah, depending on on the price of the stock. Yeah. And all that. But, but if you if you think about it, so many people would have been like, why didn't he just retire after PayPal? He, you know, him and Peter Thiel could have just been like, hey. We, you know, let's we have more money in.
2: than we know what to do with. Yeah,
1: exactly. And, and then there's memes. It, b- business one hundred and one. I guess when you become successful, you become way better looking. Because if you look at old pictures of him uh, <laughs> when we yeah. creating PayPal, his teeth were all jacked up. It, he didn't have the hair transplants. It's, it's the same
2: been, thing with Jeff Bezos. Yeah, Jeff, you know, Jeff Bezos after, had to yeah. come
1: over. Uh, his office was disheveled, crap everywhere. The Amazon sign spray painted and all that. Yeah, success makes you look a lot better, man. I mean, <laughs> Jeff Bezos now is ripped. He looks great. You know, he he's stroking billions of dollars to his ex-wife so she can say sayonara and all that. Yeah, i I, I mean, I don't. I don't know just just that aspect. If you can look like those two guys, then overnight, then I'm just joking. It didn't take them overnight, but overnight look look like rock stars, and to be with that Amanda Herds and to be with all these women and all that. And last I checked, Amazon didn't kill anybody. Last last I checked, you know, Elon Musk didn't kill or hurt anybody. I mean, that's the American dream right there. Yeah. That that's what that's what I want. Like your generation. I want everybody to be like, hey, let's suck it up for a a little while. In in my book, my podcast and all that, I tell people my videos on on social media, Facebook, Instagram, it's going to take time, man. You're going to have to put in your work. You're going to put in your dues. It's not going to be overnight. But it's not going to take 6 months. It's going to take a couple of years. And it's like those memes, man. An entrepreneur will give up today and a few years of their lives so they can live freely doing whatever it is that they want to do. But yeah. people don't want that. People want, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, everybody would love, I, I would love Joe, uncle Joe, Bob to give me, you know, stroke me $10 million, you know, this fictitious Joe Bob, or I, I would, lo- I go to Vegas all the time. I would love to, I never play slots because I, I never won there and just pull the progressive and go ding, 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 ding. Omar, you won $20 million yeah. and I'm on billboards everywhere. And I'm like, woohoo. And I, I have to go private on my, my social media. So that people don't all of a sudden want money and yeah. want lost friends miss me and all that. And,
2: and you'd get uh, a lot better looking. So yeah,
1: you know. it, Never You're already
2: good looking, but you know, <laughs> oh, well,
1: thank you. but but I became better looking after I got divorced and after people saw me as successful, yeah. then, then the women wanted to go out with me. Then women that didn't want it. And, and this is the honest truth. I, I want somebody to prove me wrong. I became better looking just like them. But, yeah. And it's not because of my confidence and all that. It's just the simple fact that people are attracted by success people yeah. are attracted by money you never see anybody going hey you know what that that guy living in section eight housing he sure is hot <laughs> yeah. that's true yeah yeah you know. Oh, yeah that the guy that guy driving that kia uh, you know the 200 payment and and you know living in yeah.
2: That guy panhandling for money. Yeah. yeah. Oh, he, he looks like he's the next Brad Pitt. Yeah. That's what I want. Yeah. No, I think what you're saying is so spot on. No one wants to put in that time. They want to get something in six months and see success, but it's going to take years. So what are you going to give up today so that tomorrow you don't have to work?
1: I, I always yeah. I, I always preach that. And what are you willing to give up? What, what vices, what people that no longer serve you? What, what things that no longer serve you, you have to give up stuff from to go to point A to point B. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't say I want a six-pack, but I'm drinking a six-pack every day. You know, what, what separates, uh, yeah, I, I'm in great shape and all that. But if I really wanted to kick it up a notch, I'd have to give up the cheat meal. I'd have to give up the, you know, once in a blue moon. And that's what when people say look at people and go, oh, that's genetics, that's the bullshit story you tell yourself as to why we all we all have the answer. You know, we we all know you have to sacrifice. How how that story, oh my gosh, that guy worked at the postal service for 50 years and he died with 20 million. Yeah, it's because he didn't go out. He wasn't buying the Prada, the Louis and all that. He, he was investing, he, he was investing in abundance because he saved for, and he was, he didn't have the direct TV, every, every channel package. He didn't have the stars and all that. And, but people don't want to hear that. Nope. It wasn't, no, he wasn't working for the post office making three hundred, four hundred thousand $400,000 a year. And he got lucky. No, it was because it was because it was long-term. Yeah. And in, in fact, um with Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger, most of their acquired wealth has been over the last 20 years, 25 years. Well, these guys are I think Charlie Munger's like 93 and, and Warren Buffett's like 89, 90, well, okay. It's because it takes time. It takes compounding. It takes compounding success. It's not it's not the 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 Elon Musk you know, people think just because yeah. you've heard of the guy, because he's in the media saying, you know, buy Bitcoin or, or buy Shibu or whatever, that he's all of a sudden, he's been around forever.
2: Yeah. Well, people are, yeah, people are going to always say, you know, it's genetics. That's why he looks good. But genetics is getting up in the morning, going to the gym or taking an hour to go to the gym, taking time to be on a diet. People say you're lucky, but that success, that's spending years building a business, building a foundation for something. That's what everyone wants to say. They want to make their excuses because they don't want to put in that hard work. But the truth is the only way you're going to get a good body, the only way you're going to build wealth, it's hard work. It's putting in the time. The number one way that people. Plan to get rich is actually either winning the lottery or yeah, getting an inheritance from a wealthy relative. That's how they plan to get wealthy. It's just sad.
1: Well, I, I certainly hope it's not social security. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That, that You're relying that, on that you for a, yeah. For the longest <laughs> yeah. time was you know, Uncle Sam is gonna take care of me. And it's like, well, if you if if you if that's taken care of, then oh my gosh. But yeah, that's that awesome. the average person does has doesn't have a savings account. The average person thinks that I, I guess they they're they're hoping their, their kids become great athletes. And that's why this boom of like travel this and travel soccer. My kids are in travel soccer, but it's not because I I, I want them to be the next Mia Hamm or the next Mandy Rapino and all that. It's just so they, they know what the real world is of being competitive. Yeah. And also, you know, your coach. Is going to be like your boss. If you don't like your boss, you're going to have to stick it, suck it up, and perform. But you know, all these people have these delusions. Oh, my, my, my kid's going to be the next Aaron Judge. My kid's going to be the next Derek Jeter. No, he's not. Jeanette, yeah, that's when Jeanette. How can you say that, Omar? (laughs) (laughs) How can I say that? Because growing up, I thought I was going to be Don Mattingly's replacement playing first base.
2: But you know, Awakening. Yeah. It was
1: a rude awakening. I was, I was, I was five, eight in sixth grade, fifth grade. I was towering over everybody. I was going to be six something. And my height right now is five, eight. So, you know, know, the only, the only thing gifted athletic wise is that I'm I'm left-handed, but slow as hell, still slow, even though I run marathons, even though I lift weights and all that, I was never given that ability. But you know what? God gives us all talents. God gave me the talent talent to connect with people. God gave me the ability to market myself, to promote myself. So I, I put my money in that. I don't put money into going to fantasy camp to try to become with other 40, 50 year olds to play baseball and, and try, try to relive my youth. And that's what, what people... That's why when I told you before on your podcast, never follow your passion. Because none of my passions would have put money in, 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 in the bank for me. I, I never woke up one day thinking I wanted to be in quick service restaurants. I never thought one one day that franchises was the way to go. No. It, it got me from where I was to where I'm at now, when I sold out. And it's given me the ability now to write books, to do podcasts, to be in service. But yeah, yeah, if if I was going to follow my passion, I would either try to pretend I was a baseball player or an agent or I would own a baseball card shop or maybe a comic book shop because as a little kid, I, I loved reading the X-Men, the uncanny X-Men. Or I like what I told you, I'd have uh, a snowboard shop in, in the middle of South Florida or, or you know an LSU shop since that, that would sell so well with all, only the couple thousand alumni that we have in South Florida.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if I followed my passions when I was younger, I would be a zookeeper. So I mean that probably wouldn't work out too well for you. So yeah, I I I was when I first heard that, don't follow your passion. I was I was kind of shaken by that. I was like, what are you talking about? Culture tells you to do that. And then you realize, yeah, what what are you good at? What talents have you been given? Use those. And that's when you're gonna start to see returns in your life.
1: (laughs) But but to follow your passion. That that looks so good on those posters with like the on the mountain. It really does. Yeah. And all that. Or when you hear Steve Jobs, yeah, he followed his passion. He was good at computers. <laughs> yeah, he can say it, you know? They, they have all these memes and all that, uh, all these great Steve Jobs sayings, and everybody thinks that he was like the Dalai Lama and all that. But when he was alive, he was a he was a dick. Yeah. There was nothing there was nothing nice about the guy. The guy was a deadbeat dad. There's there so much written about him in these books and all that that he he was just a cutthroat. He was into business, business, business. It the same, the same thing, you know, we look at Bill Gates, and besides all that goofy shit about him trying to kill people, you know, we saw him as this fun, loving guy with glasses and all that it's the furthest thing. These, these guys did get their 10,000 hours and they're good at this. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't necessarily know whether, maybe it, it was their passion, but this was what they were good at. And, you know, the the myth was that they're, they're jovial guys that, you know, Steve Jobs want wanted everybody to follow their passion. Well, if he was alive in my passion, I love those Apple IIcs and all those Apple computers. So I should have gotten a job as even though I, I don't know a thing about coding, don't know a thing about the ins and outs and programming computers. I, I mean, I loved Apple computers since I was a little kid. So... I should have been one of his top executives because I was just following my passion. He should have hired me, according to that.
2: Yeah, it's not fair. <laughs>
1: yeah. Or, or, you know, all the, oh, you know, his last words and this and that. That That's just white noise that we love to say, you know. Oh, it was all about your health, and all about being with your loved ones and all that. Well, that do we really know if he said that? Because his actions were never aligned with all these memes and all yeah. that.
2: This- are you quarters. living out what you're saying?
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. And we, we even in the movies, there's two movies. I don't know why we needed two Steve job movies. I mean, they didn't paint him to be like, you know, the father of the year and, and the, the husband of the year and the guy of the year and all that. But yet we, we had these memes and okay, well, it, it means let let's, Let's follow our passion. Let's let's live our life to the fullest. And and Gary V can say that now, but he busted his ass selling mm-hmm. wine for his dad. He busted his ass to get to where he is. Yeah. And all that. he can say that now. He can say he wants to buy the Jets. He can, and and I, I had a a mastermind session with him, so I, I love the guy. But he's I, I mean that that's the biggest lie that we tell people is to follow our passion. I, I, I will never tell that uh, my kids know I've never said that my employees know I've, I've never said that. And I'll never tell you, I'll never tell anybody that 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 just sounds good. That's, that's, that's telling people what they want to hear.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, that beautiful truth as opposed to the painful earth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm messing it all up. The, the beautiful lie, as opposed to the painful truth. Yeah, everyone wants to see that beautiful lie because it—it's it, like you said, it looks good. It looks good on your wall. It looks good as a poster. It, it looks so good, but the truth is, it yeah. takes hard work and dedication. Gary
1: oh, he B. Now is doing baseball cards and all of yeah. that, right? But that's after he amassed his fortune. I didn't see him starting out, you know, he talks about the story 20, 30, you know, 30 years ago selling baseball cards, but that's not how he made his fortune. Mm-hmm. He's dabbling back into selling baseball cards. Congratulations. Yeah. But you waited to make all your money on marketing. Yeah. You made yeah, he's all at a your point
2: money. where it's it, it's okay for him to follow his passion. He'll probably make money doing it. He he's brilliant with it, but but he's made his money. He's fine. He did what he was really good at. And
1: it's like, okay, so people are buying cards or whatever because it's from you. It's mm-hmm. like um, you might be a little too young, but there's a guy called Kevin Smith. He, he wrote he's, – he's a great director and he writes movies like Mall Rats and Clerks and all that. Well, he owns a comic book store too because he loves comics out somewhere in New Jersey, uh, Orange Bank or something like that. And it's a great comic book store, but it's great because it's Kevin Smith's. Yeah. And he's a celebrity. If it was Omar Medrano, if, if it was Medrano's comic book store, would it really be that hopping? Yeah, exactly. Wait, he's, he followed his passion. But no, he wrote all his movies. He produced all those movies. He made all the money from the movies. And this is like his little hobby. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah. That's how you follow your passion. hmm <laughs> yeah, I think that's. It's so like, well, I'll tell anybody. Make your money. Be have so much passive income. Have so much bullshit money. That if you want to follow your passion, you want to paint landscapes. You 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 want to be the next Jeffrey Ross and paint pretty pretty trees and all that. You you can try to sell them, but make sure your plan A. Is really kicking butt and, and yeah, all, utilizing all those
2: talents. Yeah, exactly, right.
1: exactly. Then, then you know, I after selling all, all my my stores and all that, I'm doubling down on myself, marketing myself to sell my book to to be able one day to to have the Ed Mylits and the Andy Frisella's go. Yes, I want you on my podcast. I want you to be to invest something. But I believe in myself. I I have enough reserve that. In fact, I'm so I'm such hard headed that if the capitalism 101, if I'm not good enough to do it, then yes, I know I can sell myself and I can market myself and get because success leaves clues. Successful people can go from back to not having as much money and creating wealth. It's yeah. just it, it's just one of those laws, laws of nature, laws of physics, laws, laws of science. That's the real science. Not, not the, not, not how many neutrons or microns are in this nucleus and all that. Not, not the shit that you learn in biology, because unless you're going to be a doctor, and I don't know too many doctors that, that can tell you the mitochondria and how many cells are in this and that, because it's impractical. I, to, yeah. One day uh, I want to know from people, I, I want to know from academia, why do we have to learn so much bullshit growing up? And then you we pay more money to get a degree and bullshit for the first two years is is nothing to do with what you're majoring in. It, you're 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 learning crap
2: that you know
1: that it's just crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah. I I think I lost uh, my video here. So. <laughs>
1: oh, that's okay, dude. You're you're still on. So and, and that's okay. So many women throughout my. My my life have hung up on me, have blocked. me. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it's uh, my my public my former publicist has blocked me. You know, I, people I've grown up with that blocked me. So, but but uh, you're still there in, in spirit and all that. So all that's right, all perfect. that matters.
2: Yeah, as long as you can still hear me, you just won't well. You know what? I, I
1: love I love talking to you. And I, I can talk to you. You're one of the people that I, I connect with, which is crazy because. Well, yeah, you're, you're young enough to be my kid. We take that as a compliment and all that. And so so tell me, Thought Hustle, I know, is your podcast. And, and we can listen to it. And we can download it. And we can literally learn stuff. I've, I've heard a couple of episodes and all that. I, I love it. I, I love the the format. I, I love the fact that you're so young. And you're so ahead of the game. But what what other ways can we find you?
2: You know, Omar, that that really is the best way and the biggest way that you can support the show. You can also find me on all the social media platforms at Thought Hustle if you want to check it out. And then anyone who wants to reach out, anyone with any questions, feel free to reach out to me as well. Uh, There's a contact me link right on my page. I'm always more than happy to interact with anyone. But yeah, that's right now what we're looking at. If you look up Thought Hustle, it'll come right up and you'll be able to reach out to me, see the podcast, get all of that good stuff right there.
1: And where do you see where do you see yourself? Do you want do you want to monetize Thought Hustle? Where do you see yourself taking Thought Hustle? Do you want to write books? Do you want to be on the plane with GC Grant Cardone, the Anthony Robbins? I think what is it that Daniel wants?
2: I, like. so I do. I want to. I want to build a really big podcast audience, that sort of thing. And then I also do. I want to be able to influence other people's lives. So I'm probably going to get into the coaching scene, the writing scene. I want to do things that make a really positive impact on millions of people's lives, if at all possible. So I'm working on courses, working on books, that sort of thing, so that I can actually give to the people who come to the page. But right now it's just all the podcasts bringing on high level people like Omar right here. So as anyone listening knows, Omar is, I mean, top tier. If you're listening to him, you, you have to know that, but yeah. So right now it's just getting that information out to people my age, but yeah, looking down the road, writing books, doing coaching, building courses, helping people to develop themselves, to build the lives that they want, find that freedom, that abundance that I think that everyone deserves. (laughs) You know
1: what? I didn't start my journey until I was about like 28. So you're light years ahead, man. I, I applaud you. I take my hat. I tip my hat off to you because most people are clueless. And I'm talking about people in their 40s, 50s. So I, I know that great things are, are headed your way because you know you have to work at it. And you don't mind the hustle. That's why it's called the thought hustle right. <laughs> and all that. And I mean, I've been blessed to for, for having you in my life, for you wanting me to be on your podcast. And, and that's why I reciprocated because I want people to hear your story. I want people to know that not that generalization that millennials and Gen Z and all this. No, they're just like everybody else. There's, there's people with great head on their shoulders that are going places. And I know you are. So I love you. Uh, hey, but before you know it, since you're such a young guy, I see you being on my as a guest second, third time around and all that. So the privilege is all mine. I, I'll
2: follow you. I'll listen to your podcast and all that. So thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Omar. This has been a pleasure and I'm honored that you would take the time to bring me onto your show. All right. Hey, thanks. I love you, man. I love you. Bye.
0: I never told no one that my whole life I've been holding back. Every time I load my gun up so I can shoot for the star. I hear a voice like, who do you think you are? Negative thoughts come to mind when I start thinking bold. Like, why are you chasing dreams? Aren't you getting kind of old? Whoa. I knew I needed help, I had no self-confidence, didn't believe in myself, I tried not to feel or listen to my intuition, to start a business, but before I even started I feel like it's finished, you got a vision. And let me say, I don't care if they're your blood Got the same DNA They can't feel how you feel They can't see what you see Wanna change your life, you gotta change the way you think The thoughts in your mind is the boss of your life Nothing but good vibes Every day I'm thinking like What is it, D-Word? What if you took action and made it happen And started living inside of your purpose? What is it, D-Word? Right now you can make the choice To never listen to that negative voice no more The hardest prism to a Escape is our own mind. I was trapped inside that prison all oh, for a long time. To make it happen, you gotta take action. Just imagine what if it did work?